0: Church, charlotte i'm just going to get started i'll have some scriptures that i refer to but um let me just get started here today uh i want to if possible kind of take you on a, a spiritual journey my title will simply be this um holidays or holy days holidays or holy days. I'm thankful for all of you. I want to say, before I go any further, how blessed I am in having all of you uh, do life and ministry and spiritual purpose with me. I'm thankful for all of you having been placed by God to be a part of this spiritual family. I am rich in you, and I feel blessed beyond measure uh, in you. I have been uh, the recipient, recipient of God's Glorious blessings uh, from the time I was a little guy. I was blessed in my parents, honored to have them here today. I'll forever be rich in my parents. And um, it's a good thing because that was the only kind of rich they were. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's be- the best kind of rich. See I knew I knew we would have some agreement here today, see. Um, Get some some of y'all quiet folks shouting out here in a little while. You just wait. Um, But I'm I'm rich in all of you. I'm rich, of course, in my immediate family. I'm rich in my wife. My wife's the best thing that ever happened to me. And... uh Um, I'm rich in my children. My children are just amazing. They make me laugh every day. Our house is a house of nonstop joking and laughter, and I belly laugh several times a day, uh, usually at the expense of my children or at their uh, taking advantage of me. Um, This this past week, one of my kids were saying something about uh something and I said, that's it. I'm gonna make you get up every morning and come to early prayer. From now on, no more sleeping in, early prayer every morning. And Ellery changed her voice and she got a preacher's voice. And she said, God doesn't sleep, neither should you <laughs> Um, I am I am rich today in all the blessings of God, and I, one last time, because it's so heavy, it's not heavy, it's so overflowing in my heart, I am rich in all of you. So many of you, I admire you, I know some of the difficulties in your life, and I admire you so deeply. Sometimes it's awkward, I don't know how to just say, look, you're stinking awesome, I admire you, you're amazing. I try, and then you look at me like, oh, stop it already, tell me more, tell me more, <laughs> Uh, So, Matthew chapter one, verse number 23, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The whole story is about God with us. Now, I don't want to go any further, I want us to all agree on that, the whole story. Is God with us? From Genesis to Revelations, the whole point is God with us. Forms of religion will not help us if God isn't with us. Wealth and riches will not bless us if God isn't with us. That's why even after all the promises of a promised land, even after all the the assurances of a land that flowed with milk and honey, even after all the divine assurances that you are well able, you can take this land. Moses has a sit-down with the Lord. (laughs) Uh, This will sound strange, but it's like Moses has a come-to-Jesus meeting with the Lord. (laughs) And he says, let's be clear about something here, Lord. If you're not going, I would rather stay in this wilderness. You see, a land that flows with milk and honey is not enough if God's not there with me. The wealth of this world is not enough if God's not there with me. Houses I didn't build, vineyards I didn't plant. That's not enough if God's not with me. So I want to have a real clarity of understanding here, Lord Jesus. I want you in my heart. I want your presence with me. I love church. I've been in church my whole life. Church isn't enough. I love preaching. Preaching isn't enough. I love singing. I, uh, uh, past, Pastor Melix did a whole set for, just for me this morning, just for me. When they start doing those medleys and bringing in those songs, man, that is my kind of church. He came down and sat down beside me. I said, I leaned over. I said, if you keep this up, I'm going to have to accept Christ as my personal Savior. <laughs> it was for me. I love church, but let me say it: church is not enough. The whole point of the whole thing is God with us. Somebody say presence. Lord, let your presence be with us, we pray, oh God. Let your presence be in us and through us, we pray, Lord Jesus. We are hungry for you to take up residence in our heart and in our life. Christmas can be so chaotic. We all know that every holiday season, we are reminded of things like the reason for the season, and we all nod wisely because, yes, that is a necessary uh, consideration, and then we go right back into our rushing Uh, We've got a lot to do. It's not wrong for us to celebrate. It's a good thing to celebrate. Um, All of the special events in your life, you celebrate. You usually go out to dinner. You'll do something fun. The Old Testament, they had many more feasts of celebration than we do. We had many more than we do. Um, And only one of them was a a somber time. The rest of them were celebratory. So it's not wrong for us to get together and eat well and give presents all that is right, all that is good. But if it ultimately stays at the shallow level of how we celebrate horizontally, and it misses the devotional level of how we connect vertically, then we have had a shallow season of celebration. And busy, busy is the name of the game in the holidays. Uh, it's better. Truthfully, it's better uh, post-COVID, it really is. Um, people don't crowd quite as much as they used to. I ne- would never thought I would have said this, but I kind of miss that world a little bit. Um, also, it's better now that uh, we have online shopping, um, which I know that's a disappointment Do you fancy folks. Y'all wanna go to the mall because you wanna show off some of your outfits at the mall. You know who you are. <laughs> Um, you you you're fancy, yeah, you know. But uh, I heard a story uh, about a woman who was she had little children and she was trying to get all her Christmas shopping done. And uh, she's loaded down with packages and she's trying to get all her children into the elevator at a big department store. And she's just loaded down. She's got all these children with them. She finally gets them all in the elevator and she's got bags hanging from every arm. The elevator's crowded because you know holidays. And she finally squeezes in there and she's a little bit self conscious and embarrassed. And she says to the whole elevator which is packed with people, she said, whoever's responsible for this Christmas thing should be shot. And an older woman behind her said, probably unnecessary since they've already crucified him. Um, So the the point is is celebration is not wrong. It's we should celebrate. You should make your pastor your favorite dessert and deliver it with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. You should do these things. I'm not against the celebration. But if I called you and I said, look, we're going to have a holiday. You know what you would think? You would think fun. You would think get together. You would think social. You would think, yes, you get the idea, food. Food, you would think all of those good things. Somebody say, that's good. Yes. Actually, it's very good. It's good. And um, But if I said to you, let's have a holy day, it would immediately feel different. Wow. Now, holiday is just a uh, oh, uh, compression of speech uh, until we said holy day so much that it was compressed into ho- holiday. Holiday. And so the goal for us is to have uh, the horizontal connection and celebration one with another. That is a goal, yes. Uh, The busyness of that, yes. But at the same time, we cannot miss the holiness of the purpose. And what is the central point? What is the central uh, thing of what it means to celebrate uh, in the Christmas season? The, The central thing is Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We are no longer doing life alone. We are no longer trying to answer the questions of our soul alone. We're no longer trying to fix our problems alone. We are saying, Lord, I am going to live and celebrate Emmanuel. You are with me. You, Somebody say, he's with me. Elbow your neighbor, say, he's with you. The whole point of Emmanuel is God with us. So uh, real quick, let me just take a few moments and talk about some of the errors of uh, how people view the things of God, what has happened through grace. Um, one of the most common things you'll hear is people say when they want to criticize church, they want to criticize religion. When they want to claim to be a believer, they'll say or not be a believer, they'll say some version of "I don't know how a good God could make a world filled with so much cruelty." That's what they say. They say, yeah, there's, "I can't believe in a God who would create a world like this." and that That is all they need to justify why they are not a believer. But there's a deep, deep understanding in that, misunderstanding in that statement upon which everything that follows is in many ways just a tumbling down the stairs of their continuing error. What do I mean by that? Well, I would say this to you. Um, The the garden as God made it, that was the world that God had had made, but it was required for us to live in submission to order as he had established it. And the truth is, the story of the fall of humanity is not the story of the world God has made, but it's the story of us competing with God and making our own world. Uh, The example of that is deeply threaded philosophically, metaphorically, in the tree of the knowledge Knowledge of what? Good and evil. Not the tree of evil. The tree of good and evil. If it would have just been the tree of evil, what we could say is here is life and here is death. And then we could create simply a kind of binary religion, a dualism is what a philosopher would call it, where you have the good and the bad and uh, you know good and bad and you decide good and bad and that's the end of it. That is not the image given to us in the book of Genesis. The tree is the tree of the knowledge of what? Both good and evil evil the issue with the tree is not us choosing evil the issue of the tree is us stepping into the place of god and saying i will decide for myself what is good and evil when you do that you instantly create a different world that has consequences and so the world that we live in is not the world that just God made. The world we live in is the world we have made. By taking God out of his place as the, the word of good and evil, he decides, he judges. I, uh, what we really should say is not how could God create a world with so much pain isn't it. What we really should say is wow, humanity does not make good gods. Yeah, it's right, it's right, it's right. It's true. And when you say, how could God create a world like this, what you are saying is you don't understand the problem, therefore you ask ignorant questions. You see, the level of the question you ask reveals whether you understand the nature of the problem. Uh, let me tell you a personal example. This is kind of funny and a little bit mean, um, but here we go. My grandmother, my mom's mother, she was just a force of nature, and she was the kind of person who was um, uh, often wrong but seldom in doubt. Um, she, when she was sure on something, she was a force of nature. You could not convince her otherwise. And so growing up, it was natural for me to tease her. Now, y'all wouldn't understand this being Christians. But as the youngest child in my home, having suffered much, I survived by teasing. And even to this day, I'm a big teaser. Don't look at my mother while I tell this story, okay? She is, she just looked right here. Thank you very much. And so I would always get tickled at my grandmother because she would tell you the way it was. She would tell you the way it was, whether or not she knew that much about the subject or not. No offense, it's not talking about you, mom. You have the spirit of true justice and and submission as given to you by David Tatum Elms. So, uh, see, ooh, I'm not doing good now, am I? (laughs) No, just having fun. So I decided to play a trick on my grandmother, and her she had a car that was overheating, and I I said, "How can?" I was about fifteen, so y'all be gentle with me. Don't think of me too ugly. I decided what kind of prank could I play on my grandmother, and so I said, "I need to come up with a theory that makes sense to somebody who doesn't know anything about cars, but will make anybody who knows something about cars laugh very loudly." Okay, and so I came up with the plan: if your car is overheating, what's something that anyone who knows would laugh at, but someone who Know would make total sense. So, being the fine young man of great uh, creativity, thank you very much. I came up with a theoretical muffler belt. A muffler belt. The point of the the, the, is the engine creates so much heat and it pushes the heat out through the muffler, and the muffler gets too hot, and the muffler belt spins the muffler to keep it cool. Now, that seems perfectly plausible. if you don't know anything about cars. And I told Grandma, it's obvious why your car's getting hot, straight face, total calm, owned it. It's obvious the muffler belt has come off. And she says, really? I've never heard of a muffler belt. And I said, Grandma, how much do you know about cars? There's a muffler belt under there. The muffler has to spin to keep the engine cool. Where she They had had her car for like three or four days and hadn't fixed yet. She marched, if y'all know her, y'all can see her doing this. She marched right up there and she told them what for. You need to get this muffler muffler belt replaced on this car. And later on, she told me that the guy kind of looked there and she could tell something was wrong because he kept trying to smile. But you remember, Grandma, she's a force of nature. She does not back down. It does not matter if she knows or don't know. She ain't giving an inch. And she's like, that muffler belt. And he said, well, could you show me uh, the muffler belt? And she said, oh, i don't have to show you. It keeps the engine cool by spinning the muffler. <laughs> That was mean, but I was 15! Okay so the point is is because she didn't understand the internal combustion engine she did not even have a question that made sense to ask do you see this is what we do when we blame god for the world as it is we don't even understand the problem when we chose sin over righteousness it broke his heart too and so we're not the only ones weeping over a fallen world it broke his heart too When there's pain and suffering in the world, when when the strong oppress the weak, it's not just us who are saddened by it. It breaks his heart, too, because humanity does not make good gods. It's in our nature to want to elevate ourselves. It's in our nature we want to judge God himself. And we say things like, I could never believe in a God like that. Let me tell you another story. You hear about the scientists who finally figured out how to make life from clay, and they said, we, we've proven that we can make life from just dirt. This isn't true. This is a joke, by the way, just in case you were taking notes. We can make life from dirt, and I scheduled a meeting with God, they said, we finally got to your level. We're going to make light from dirt, and we're going to show you that we're big time now, and we can make life from dirt. And the Lord said, okay, well, show me what you got. So they came out, and they uh, got a big old bucket of dirt, and they piled up in front of the Lord, and they said, We're going to start with this dirt. The Lord said, I'm going to stop you right there. Use your own dirt. <laughs> <laughs> <good>. Boom! <clears throat> um, so, We don't even understand and we judge God. It's in our nature to want to judge God. We don't want to humble ourselves to God. That's why the self is what must be disciplined through fasting, repentance, serving God. If you want to follow after me, Jesus said, deny yourself. Yes. Take up your cross and follow me. It's the self that's in competition with God and the world of hatred and sin and strife and nation against nation and people against people and tribe against tribe. This isn't the world as God made it. This is the world as we, having refused to honor God as our creator, exalted ourselves in the same path as Lucifer and sat in the role of judging God. Yes. Yes. That is how we got to the world of sin, rebellion, and suffering that we are are living in, and God could give up on us. He could wipe the whole thing out. There's this problem, though, even though we struggle to love him, he loves us, and even though we struggle to be committed to him, he is committed to us, and he won't be quit of us. He won't be done with us, and he's going to keep trying. I want to preach to everyone here today, whether you've been in church all your life, whether you're struggling with some stuff, even you yourself don't aren't very proud of, I want to say this to you. God is committed to you, and as long as you will try again, his grace will be there to wrap around you. As long as you will repent again, he will... Try. The just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. How many times are we to forgive, Lord? Peter asks. Seven times? The Lord says, I say 70 times. Seven. It is more than you could ever imagine. You see, what we're saying when we forgive is is not I'm good, you're bad, therefore I forgive you. What we're saying is I am out of the judgment business. Yeah, that's good. That's one of the best things I've ever said in all my years of preaching right there. I give myself a compliment. Amen. Take your time. Thank you very much. You know why we repent? Because we're out of the judgment business. I don't know your heart. I can't decide where you are with God. I'm out of the judgment business. I am no longer placing myself in the seat of uh, the judgmental and deciding who ever, where everyone else is. I am now submitting myself to God's word, God's way. And so what does God do with fallen humanity? Well, he tried if he can't, he, he knows he can end it. He knows he can force it. He can call 10,000 angels. That'll be the end of that. One of them destroyed the greatest empire on, in, the, in the world up to then. Egypt, one angel did that. Can you imagine what uh, 10,000 angels like that could do? It, would, it, would, it wouldn't even be, a, they wouldn't even sweat. It wouldn't even be, uh, it, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, he, he can do it through power. But the thing is this, once you add power, there is no possibility for love. Once you add power, there's no possibility for love. And this is a love story or it's nothing. That's why Jesus is born as a helpless baby, a helpless baby. That's why he is so helpless that unless his parents cares for him, unless his mother feeds him, he is utterly dependent. You see, it is so tempting for us Christians to think if they would just put us in charge, then we would fix the world. If they would just let us uh, set the rules, then we would fix the world. That is always a trap because it's not power that brings change to anyone It is self-choice. It is an act of submission. As long they would rather die than let you be in charge. There's a true story that happened in um, in um, southern the southern sub-Saharan Africa. I don't have the details. I have in my files, but um, there was a, a a tribe that that a very very large tribe, successful sub-Saharan Africa, um, that they had been destroyed by the machine guns of the British Empire, and um, they they decided they decided that they had in some ways offended their gods or something, and a girl had a vision. True story. A girl had a vision, and she. She uh, told the vision to the tribe, and they they committed uh, they they killed themselves. they 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 literally killed themselves, ended themselves as a tribe. point being they would rather die than let you be in charge that 's a statement of our flesh, the only path for real change, spiritual change, is an, a choice that you make, and so what God does is God starts with Abraham and He starts progressively over time to work with the people He has. He works with them at the level they are at. Why does this matter? Because when critics come to you and attack your faith they 're going to find two or three scriptures in the Old Testament and they 're going to say, "How can you believe a God who did this and they 're going to find the two scriptures in the bio, or the, the two or three scriptures that make God look. Terrible. And they're going to say, see, see, how can you serve a God like that? Well, let me explain something to you. If a five-year-old comes to you and asks, where do babies come from, they're going to get a very different answer than if a 15-year-old comes to you, particularly if it's your 15-year-old. So word of the wise, if it's someone else's 15-year-old, you should probably tell them to talk to the parents. Thank you in advance. But if a five-year-old asks, it's a very different question than if a 15-year-old asks, you see what I'm saying? Why? Because your answer, get this, your answer's limited to where the hearer is. Your answer, the potential answer you give, is limited to where they are. The Old Testament is God trying to work with people where they are. It is not, uh, and so we go through. Ju- we go through patriarchs, we go through judges, we go through kings, uh, we go through prophets, and He's working and working and working and working and working and working, and it is not getting through. He is making progress, but they are being instructed in this truth: the systems you get in place are never going to be enough to obtain. What was lost in the garden. That's the whole point of the law. It's not for you to succeed at it. It's for you to fail at it so you might stop trying to be in the seat of the judge and instead wholly cast your heart to Jesus Christ and received his righteousness, his holiness. That's the whole point of it. It's a love story in response to what Christ has done for you. Yeah. And so here you have this: the, the Old Testament, all the things that happened. Finally, no longer is Jesus going to speak through... A, A judge. No longer is God going to speak. I should. I should be speak carefully. No longer is God going to speak through um, in, in the manner of the Old Testament. He has decided to come for Himself. And if you want to see the very express image of His person. Go to the Gospels and look at Matthew, look at Mark, look at Luke, look at John. He is no longer giving you the word. He is the living word. Look at Jesus. You want to see the heart of God? Look at Jesus. Don't try to find some scripture in the Old Testament where some person, uh, 2000 BC, are trying to understand civic law. Forget all of that. That is the level they are at. Look at Jesus. Look at him when he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Look at him when he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Hear him when he says, oh, how I would have gathered you. As a chick gathers uh, its brood, but you would not heed Jesus. That is why, to this day, we celebrate Jesus Christ. It starts, It starts in Bethlehem. He's born as a baby, and that's what we celebrate in this Christmas season. But the point of it is to get back to a place where we can celebrate the presence. Say it with me again, the presence. The presence. The presence of God. Jesus is born that we might have God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the hope of God with us. Us. that's the whole point of Christmas I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I, it's exciting to to celebrate it in the season um, but you know it's not really uh, about the celebration uh, the 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 animals around the manger that's cool but it's not about the a, 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 the animals uh, the star in the sky is that's that's really cool but that's not about the star uh, it's not even about it's not even about um, uh, Joseph or or, or Mary. They're in the story. They're, they're wonderful. But let me tell you what it's about. It's about God with us, the hope of glory, God with us. The whole point of everything is that you might live your life with God in your midst, that God might live with you. So I want to, having uh, taken you on this uh, roundabout journey, um, I want to uh, take you, to a passage of scripture. Uh, John chapter number 14, Jesus is speaking. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Where is this going? Okay, we're in Bethlehem, God is born in, a, in, in as baby Jesus, spirit in flesh. We, we literally have eternal God manifest in the flesh. He comes of age, he lives, and ultimately he dies. Of course, hell wanted to kill him. Uh, of course, the religious crowd was threatened by him. Of course, of course, no one saw this coming. Can you imagine the difficulty of reading Isaiah um, uh, 53 uh, or 61 um, and not believing in Jesus? Can you, I, I, I was listening to a, a man uh, a, a preach here recently, and he was telling the story of when he was in seminary, and uh, their Hebrew instructor was um, had grown up as a devout Jew, both mom and dad. His whole life had known that. How he became a Christian was this. He had a friend who was always inviting him to church, and he... he um, <laughs> He always said, no, 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 not going. No, I'm Jewish, never going, never going. Stop asking me. One day, one day his, his uh, friend wrote out the whole, um, uh, I believe Isaiah 61, he wrote up the whole thing and, and folded up real small and gave it to him. Said, just when you get a chance, read this. He said, so I, I went back and I, I unfolded the paper and I read it and I read the whole chapter and um, he was bruised for our iniquities. He, he, our, he was crushed by our sins. He was, and so he said, he went to his rabbi. This is the Hebrew instructor who was a Christian, um, Jewish convert. He went to, he said, who is he who was bruised, who was crushed? Who is he? And the, the rabbi said, well, <laughs> uh, sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? <laughs> but we're Jews. We don't believe that. And he said, well, oh, but that's what it sounds like. <laughs> and he said, yeah, but you know, that, that that's how they ended up where they are. And the, the, the professor of Hebrew at the seminary said, that's when I realized I needed to believe in Jesus. He didn't... When he went to the rabbi, he didn't even believe that was in the Bible. He was like, is this in our scripture? And the rabbi was like, yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's in our scripture. And he's like, how do we not believe? So (laughs) this is what I'm saying. This is my whole point. All of this happened. Jesus is born. He bears our sins. By sin, by one man's sin entered into the world, that's Adam's error in the garden. Uh, by one man, grace and hope, that's Jesus Christ. All of this happens so you could live your life with the presence of God. I'm almost done, musicians, you can come. The whole point of it is for you to live your life in the presence of God. So let me ask you this question. How are you doing living in the presence of God? How are you doing? Because if you're not living in the presence of God, you're missing the point. If you're not living in the presence of God, you're missing the point. If you're not catching yourself singing, he's as close as the mention of his name. If you're not singing in your quiet places, peace, peace. Wonderful peace. If you aren't living in the presence of God, there's not much point to singing jingle bells. (laughs) There's not much point to singing rocking around the Christmas tree. I hope you get the presence you want, but there's not much point if you're not living in the presence of God. you get your favorite Christmas food. Yes. My Christmas, favorite Christmas food would be probably the food of my youth. My mom would have to make a big roast. Mm, bring it on, Lord, with broccoli and cheese and mashed potatoes and gravy and butter bread. And then there'd have to be cinnamon rolls. Yes. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. <laughs> I hope you get everything you want this Christmas someone hacks your Amazon wish list and buys you everything that you ever wanted on your Amazon wish list. But if you're not living in the presence of God, you're missing the point for all of it. He was bruised for our iniquities. He bore every lie I've ever told. And if I don't walk with him every day, I'm missing the point of his sacrifice. to some people who. Uh, well, let me. How shall I say this? Let's let's be honest about the human condition. Um, some of you uh, haven't had a good year, um, and you fought some things this year, and you've let yourself down, and you thought better, and you're you don't think your mama would be proud of you, etc., etc. Um, if you don't repent and try again in this new year, you're missing the point of why He died. Take advantage, my brother and my sister, of what Christ has already done for you. The point of it all is Emmanuel, God with us. How do we experience that? Here, are you ready for this? Ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. Not many days (laughs) hence, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The point of it, Jesus said, I'm going away. I am coming to you, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. How do we have God with us today? We live with the Holy Spirit in our hearts and life. We stop competing with God. We stop judging God. We stop judging other people. We accept his word. We seek to live by his word. We humble ourselves to his way and we let the spirit of God take up residence in our heart. Let me say it this way. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your lives. Can I have a better amen than that? You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want to encourage you today. um, Let me restate that because it can be misleading. Oftentimes the way we communicate it uh, creates more questions than answers. Let me say it this way. You've already felt the presence of God in your life. He's already dealt with you. He's already touched you with his spirit. He has already, watch this, walked with you. He's already shown you his power. He has already opened up the blinded eyes, so to speak, with the disciples. He has already given you the promise. He's already breathed on you and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He's with you, yes, but there is more than just that assurance. There is a personal experience you can receive, and we call that utterance. It's not just our language. It's the Bible, uh, what the Bible calls it, the utterance of God, where he speaks through you a heavenly language that you are able to experience as God's testimony within you. You testify of God, and he testifies through you. Do you see? And that's why, as a church, we celebrate uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate uh, tongues as they did in the book of Acts. If there's anybody here who've never, you're unsure whether or not you've spoken with tongues, I want to tell you today the whole point of it all is for you to have the presence of God with you. You need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And can some church folks say amen? Do I have any agreement here today that one of the best things that can happen to you is to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You might be at a place where you're ready. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. It takes you, it, it, not everybody's ready in a moment. Uh, that It is right for us to tarry in Jerusalem until we are filled. It's right for us to seek. It's right for us to ask. It's right for us to knock. How many of you had to seek the Holy, uh, seek the Lord for a while before you spoke in tongues? Raise your hand all across the house. I know I did. In fact, I... Have to keep receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, on a regular basis just to put up with the craziness in my life. How many of you, lo- it's been a long time since you spoke with tongues. Raise your hand all across the house. It's been a long time. Oh, now you get nervous. I ain't, tired. okay. All right, I, I don't do this too often. I don't put pressure, and I'm gonna do it today, but I'm not putting pressure on anybody. I wanna say this. Is there anybody, let's start over here. Is there anybody who you are, you either have not ever spoken with tongues or you're unsure of whether or not you've spoken your tongues. Anybody over here, just raise your hand. You're unsure of That's one, two right here. I'm going to pray for you guys, and I believe the Lord will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe he will. I believe he will. It may happen today. It may not happen today. That's not the point. The point is he has a gift. Anybody back here? I know Tiffany should have her hand up. She needs the Holy Ghost really, really bad. My brother, God bless you. I'm going to pray the Lord to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It could happen here today. How about this section right here? You're unsure whether or not you've ever spoken with tongues. You're unsure if you've ever... We've got one right here, my brother. I've prayed with you, and you've had stammering lips before. Today, we're going to break through into confidence if the Lord would grant that to us and give us that right here. I'm going to pray for you, my brother. In just a moment, we're going to pray together. How about this center section? How about, uh, 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 we've got one right here. Uh, same thing with you, brother. I've prayed with you. I've seen you have stammering lips. We need a breakthrough into confidence where it's a flow. It's not just stammering lips. Now, stammering lips is just as much an evidence of the Holy Ghost as another tongue. It is. Biblically, it is. The Bible doesn't say sequentially stammering lips and then another tongue. It says and. So they're both, they're both a sign. So you should not have fear of salvation, What you should believe for is breakthrough into another a new level of confidence and spiritual outpouring how about over here anybody has uh you're unsure whether or not you've ever spoken with tongues over here how about over here anybody you're unsure whether or not you've spoke with tongues all right let's stand all across that. thank you for listening to first church charlotte if this podcast has blessed you please rate it with four or five stars by doing so you will help others find our free podcast and bless them